0: But Pompey's done for well to get up above Pargill and find Bennett, it's into the box. McNulty, cut back for Roberts! It's Gary Roberts oh, for God Pompey. God, God, Pompey!
1: are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup! Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle So McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty, Pompey! Yes. Smashes it past McCormack,
0: won by Doyle, finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First
1: left blood for Pompey. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton.
0: There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe, Jamal Lowe's onside, the flag stayed down, Jamal nonchalant, fantastic, brilliant, Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it, Pompey are champions, they've won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce, proud to be Pompey. Hi Pompey fans and welcome to the forecast episode 51. Well I came out on Twitter and said that Pompey needed an emphatic win and 4-1 counts as an emphatic win. So, nice one. Joining me today on the podcast is Sam Stone. Sam, returning, how are you mate?
1: I'm really good Hugh, thank you for having me on, it's been a while but I'm... Glad to come back on. Actually, talk about a win for once.
0: <laughs> no, I, I think, um, mate, I'm I'm really excited to talk about a win as well. You know, there's always points to talk about. You know, how we're playing well, what needs improvement, but it's nice to have some positivity um, to talk about as well.
1: Yeah, and especially I thought the performance. Well, the last three games has been has been a raised level in performance and. You know, I think we've got to start looking at the positives a little bit more, more based on what we've actually seen on the pitch, as opposed to, you know, we were just saying about the manager. So hopefully this could be the start of a bit of a run that we can go on. And we are only a few points off the playoffs. So look it up into those playoff places. No,
0: indeed. And um, yeah, you must be some sort of mind reader, Sam, because that's the question that we put out there today, obviously. So in part one, we're going to go over and review the 4-1 win against Southend. Uh, following that we put a question out there on twitter and thanks again to everyone who messaged in gave their opinions, sent questions in Um, and we asked uh, pompey obviously have lost one in the last eight after the four win over south is this a turning point for the team um you guys have got in touch about that and then finally we're going to go and preview the game against harrogate well that's going to be an interesting one there's absolutely no statistics out there or anything to go on so it's purely about feeling and me and sam's great knowledge of the
1: national league (laughs) yeah top not top notch knowledge
0: (laughs) that's why you're here you're you're the non-league expert right pompey needs now non-league man
1: oh no i wouldn't call me that (laughs)
0: Uh, there you are sam let's go for it all right let's get straight into the south end game it started slowly didn't it sam but it picked up
1: yeah um it was one of them games where you know it was almost a lose-lose because south end you know have been struggling and conceding tons of goals and and you could see straight from the outset, Pompey we were going to have a lot of the ball. Um, you know, we moved it around quite well, but just wasn't really anything incisive going forward in that first half. And you could kind of feel the frustration. Um, that goal just before, before half time was a was a game changer, really. It kind of it allowed us to go out in the second half a bit more confidence and it 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 kind of took the fans off the players' backs as well. It really did help that kind of that that goal just before half time, but. It's, I don't know, the, the game overall, it was a second half before we played some good stuff. And I think that's what we need to look at today.
0: One of the things I thought was um, was encouraging in the in the first half as well was when there was a little bit of a build-up play. Uh, the ball's played through to Marquez. He's playing a little bit deeper in that role, wasn't he? Not as a natural striker as such. Um, he peels off and he runs at the defender and then he slots it through to Ben Close. So he puts a pretty good shot on goal and the keeper just gets down to his right to, to push it away. That's the sort of play I want to see where Ben close... That's where I want to see Ben close anyway. I want to see him making those runs forward, not not being so static. And Do you think there was an improvement in Ben's play um, yesterday?
1: Um, I think there's been an improvement in, in Ben's play in the last few games, especially against Oxford as well. I thought, you know, Oxford, he had to do some defensive duties as well, and I thought he did well in that position. Um, I mean, against Southend, he's going to have a little bit more licence to kind of go forward because they offered... Well, they did... I saw the stats. They had a few shots on target, but there was nothing, there was no sustained pressure from them. So he's going to have a bit more opportunity to kind of to go forward. You mentioned Marquis as well. He definitely, you know, when we saw the lineup, everyone was going 4-4-2. It was definitely not a 4-4-2. Marquis was dropping back, dropping in deep. Um, slightly different role from what we've seen, but you know, I thought he was effective in there. He managed to get some more touches on the ball, um, dropping in, linking up play and and I do think there was some good passing play yesterday. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of negativity going around about the style of football being played. You know, give this team credit yesterday and on Saturday, there was incisive free-flowing football being played going forward. And we need to kind of take note of that as well, not just the negatives.
0: No, no, completely. And I think that it for me, is I, you know, I always want Marquis playing in that nine role, generally speaking. But... With Harrison and the way he's scoring and causing trouble and stuff, would you say that you would go ahead and start the two of them again in the next game?
1: Yeah, well, uh, well, Harrison's our top scorer now, and he's barely he's, barely, he's played a handful. he's started a handful of league games, so for me, I, I think you've got if you've got a striker in form, who's scoring goals and confident. I, I'd like to see him go with it again. You know, Marcus's goal that was kind of a poacher's finish, if you like. What he's been doing his whole career. We get him doing that more often. He will. He will score goals. He he, he does that at this level. Um, but I, I do like Harrison up front. I think he wins a lot of headers. He kind of he's a nuisance. He occupies a two centre half. Gives him something to think about. You know, in behind and to his feet because he is good with his back to goal. So I think Kenny will stick with it for a bit. See what it, see how it goes. But I, I did. I I guess the only thing I th- I thought was a bit harsh on Evans. I don't know about you, but I thought Evans has played well the last few games. And he does provide that energy. So I thought it was quite hard. But then we've got so many quality players, it's going to be hard to get them all in the same team.
0: Yeah, no, we've got a great squad, haven't we? And I think that's part of the frustration why people have been so frustrated oh, with Jacket, really.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah, no, I can, I can agree with that because this squad has clearly got quality about it. You know, we haven't been playing some of these the games you haven't actually been playing well at all, but the quality of the squad is what's kind of carrying us through, just little moments of quality, you know, we're bringing players like Marcus Harness off the bench you know, and he's coming off the bench it, 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 these players are, are good players and they probably walk in well, Marcus Harness in my opinion walks into pretty much any other league one side and we're bringing them off the bench, so th- this team's definitely got quality and, and it's def- for me anyway, there's been a yeah, definite improvement in performances. Because me and you are at that Wimbledon game, and compared, comparing how we're playing now to that Wimbledon game, it's a stark contrast.
0: No, no, completely. And we're talking about that quality off the bench. Marcus Harness comes on; he gets a late goal. I, I, got, I've, my personal feelings are that I like a lot of the little things that Williams does on the ball. He brings a lot of energy. Uh, he makes runs into the right position, and you know he's he's pretty good all-round, apart from he maybe lacks that finishing touch, doesn't he, or that, you know, that clinicalness and that same, you know, seen by his stats earlier on at, at different clubs yeah. before. Do you feel that Marcus Harness has to take his position to start in the next game?
1: Um, it's a tough one because I, I like the energy that Williams provides. I, I get where you're coming from about his kind of assists and, and goals, you know, because he's got that energy. He's, he's kind of a bright spark and he kind of lifts the team with his pressing. So I, I do like that kind of element because he, he does press. He, he, kind of, he brings a side with him, if you kind of get where I'm coming from. Yeah. But, then al- but then also, uh, I've seen, you know, uh, there's been a few people on Twitter mentioning about kind of he's, he, he runs around a lot, but there's no end product. And he kind of, for me, you know, that end product is what Marcus Harness has got. So it's going to be a bit of a juggling act. But I think at the moment, we you know, we're playing well in the last few games. About, I'm going to go back to the Oxford games. I thought we were excellent against a good side. Um, and we created enough chances to win two games in that, in that game. Um, but I think at the moment, you know, we're playing well, stick with the same side. You know I, I was surprised there was a kind of rotation between Harrison and Evans, but you know Harrison came on and played well yesterday. So it might have been because we we're playing a poor side at home, trying to put some pressure on and maybe didn't need another midfielder.
0: No, I agree. I think sometimes you've got to stick with a winning formula and Kenny Jackett's been tinkering the squad, isn't he, so far, yeah. you know, all season
1: long. And it's been one of the criticisms
0: of him. What, you know, what is his best side?
1: Compared to, compared to last year as well. Do you remember, you know, we won our first, wow, we went on that run at the start of the season. You know, how many games did he just, he kept the same, the same team, every, like pretty much every single game. You know, we knew it was going to be. and This season's been completely different. You know, it's been chopping and changing nearly every other game. So a bit of consistency for me now.
0: No, a bit of consistency is needed for us at this moment in time. I remember last season, I was thinking he's got to rotate the squad a bit more so we don't burn out. And, you know, that's what we were talking about in the summer, wasn't it? Having a squad that we could rotate um, and we weren't then burning out the likes of, well, you know, last season it was Jamal Lowe and Ronan Curtis, wasn't it? We want to see our top yeah. players being fresh enough to last the whole I mean, of What is a really long season in League One? Um, uh,
1: yeah, one thing I will say about that. I mean, it could, it could show towards the end of the season. You know, we could end up, because you're, you're right, last season, our, our best players, Lowe and Curtis, you know, they, they just fizzled out. Towards the end of this season, it might be a little bit different because we have got a lot of options to kind of ch- change this whole team up if, if someone's not quite firing. So it could come good at the end of the season.
0: No. Yeah, well, let's hope so, because it will need to come good sometime if you've got any chance, really, of of making the playoffs as such. Um, Yeah, so Houndstrup comes on at right back, gets a bit of stick. I'll be honest, I thought it was an odd move. I probably would have brought Gareth Evans off the bench and put him at right back. We know he's played there before. And Kenny Jackett's been talking about getting some more um, attacking offense out of the and the wing-backs as such, or the left and right-backs. So I thought he might bring Evans on. He doesn't. He, he brings Brandon Houndstrip onto the right-hand side, who then has the ability to cut back on his left foot, doesn't he? And mm. we all know Brandon's got a good delivery. Do you think that's a sustainable model going forward? So has Houndstrip earned his place Brandon's to start the right-back?
1: Of, oh. um, it's a tough one. It depends on the... I don't know what the injury like situation is with McCrory. Um and obviously we've got Bolton in there as well. But I mean Houndstrap it, it's always tough when you've kind of got the 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 wrong foot, if you know what I mean, on the on the wrong side for, for yeah. tackling and for and for crossing as well. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he goes with. I mean if he wants a safe play, it'll be to play Bolton in there. You know, you've got your solid right back playing. But then I I mean Houndstrap for he does have that kind of touch of class. I don't know if you kind of get it from him. He's He's, a, he's cultured. He's got a bit of class about him, a bit of quality. And that delivery for um for Marcus's goal, that, that was a good delivery. And, and he also got an assist for Harness' goal as well. So, I, I mean, it's a tough one because we've got two really good left-backs at the moment. So, for me, I'd probably, I'd probably go with you and say start Houndstruck from, from the outset because his performance last night, anyway, was, was very good. And if he can get a run in the side as well, And and it'll be a good learning curve for him playing on on the other side. You know, developing more skills. You're cutting back and crossing in like that. He did, and it's it's another thing for defenses to worry about. You don't have many many teams play a right back at or a left back at right back who's going to cut back and then whip it in. So, you know, it might it might be an option.
0: Yeah, we all know we're absolutely sport of choice when it comes to left-backs, really, aren't we, in that sense? Because most teams are struggling to find any natural left-back to play on that side who's half-decent, let alone yeah. having two that we could quite easily play in, in that position. So, do you think, then, that looking at at the squad itself and um, how they performed, that it's one of those things that the only mistake, really, in the game was the one that Alex Bass made?
1: Yeah, it... He should be saving it. I think everyone everyone can see that. And I mean, the the one thing we can pray for is that it doesn't really dent his confidence a lot because we've got a. I think there's an international break coming up next week, so and the Fleetwood game. It's likely he's going to be playing in goal again. I, for the most part, his handling was very good, wasn't it? You know, he had a few shots yeah. to save, and you it, it just got to hope. You know, sometimes with goal goalkeeping, a, a lot of it is mental, and you have to kind of if you make a mistake you have got to put it behind you you cannot make another mistake because if you make two mistakes then that that that's a real issue and that's the problem being a goalkeeper you know if you, if you if you if you mess up at goal there's no kind of in between ground with it so it, it, he should have saved it you know i'm sure he'll look back at it he kind of it looked like he just parried it straight it was right in front of me but it looked like he just parried it straight into the net i don't know what he was trying to do or was he trying to catch it or trying to push it away but you know it, I mean, if that's the only chance, the only chance they've really created, I think we'll be quite content with how we performed defensively yesterday. It's just that I don't. I feel for him, but you know, he's got to put it behind him. It's how he reacts against Fleetwood.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, we all, I think Alex bass is quite a resilient um, young goalkeeper. Yeah, you know, he's done well. He's got he's faced injuries as well before, hasn't he? And he's gone out on loan. Um, and I think, generally speaking, but he's a pretty solid goalkeeper. And I don't think it should his confidence really going forward and I certainly hope not because you know all keepers do the occasional howler don't they and yeah it's just yeah. unfortunate for Alex that you know it was against a team so shitty as Southend are
1: I, I, I mean it could have been a, a bigger game or a game where we were less in control you know if that was on Saturday he did that against Oxford then it would be highlighted a lot more you know could have yeah. against South End, who uh, like if Sol Campbell just keeps them up it will be a miracle I, I I don't quite know what's happened there but they you know the game was played at walking pace. A lot of it yesterday, they just didn't offer anything. So, it, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I I agree. I think the South End looked doomed to be going down. Really, I wouldn't be surprised if Bolton overtake them this this season. And, oh yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah. And South End go down absolutely rock bottom. Um Tom Naylor, um, New Allen's favourite player. He yeah. uh, he he had a, he had a good game as well. I thought in the middle. And that shot he took, you know, when the ball rolls back and it's outside the box and Tom Naylor looks like he's shaping up to hit it, he's not hes not my first choice, we say, to hit, hit a strike from, you know, outside the D or out of the box. It was a pretty good shot, wasn't it? And it was pretty unlucky to cannon on the inside of the post and not go in.
1: Yeah, well, that's kind of that typical Ben Close kind of running onto it, strike, low corner. You didn't really expect it from Naylor, but I thought it got in from where I was sat and it just kind of, it looked like it hit the post and went along the goal line or something. But, you know, it's come from good build-up play again. I think it was good work down the left by Brown and Curtis. They're, they're linking up better along that side. I, I think Curtis is a much better player when he's got Brown behind him. Um, but that comes from good work there. And it it did look like it had got in, But I don't know if you saw about a few moments later, we had another go and the ball hit the top of the frat end. So, I mean, hopefully, probably leave Ben close to do the shooting next time. <laughs>
0: No, I agree. You've got the you've situation where he's hit one and it would have been nice for that one to go in. But, you know, there you are, Tom. Usually, Naylor gets a goal in the box, doesn't he? Or gets a header, header or scrap, yeah. scrambles it in or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. fair play for him. He's had a go and um, it's just not quite worked out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you, by the way, on the, um, the Lee Brown point. It's something I spoke about a lot on the podcast. And I think he helps direct running Curtis as well um he also knows where Lee Brown what kind of runs he's going to be making um he knows he's there for the overlap it's all this sort of familiarity as well isn't it and I think the two of them together Curtis sort of knows more what he's doing and sometimes he gets a bit lost doesn't he playing that Lee Brown on that left-hand side
1: yeah and for me anyway I'd much rather have you know I'd much rather have uh Lee Brown like you know, if if it's going to improve Curtis, I'd much rather have Lee Brown playing at left back. You know, for me, an informed Ronan Curtis is is you know what what we need at the moment. And he seems to have kind of got that form back, and that's why I can see because obviously Houndstruck was in the team for a bit uh, while Brown was injured, and I can see why Jacket just brings him straight back in. You know, he gets a lot of stick on Twitter, Lee Brown, on social media about you know he doesn't he doesn't do enough, doesn't overlap enough. I, all I see him doing is overlapping you know, and he gets a lot of unfair stick for me anyway, I don't know if you think the same but I, I feel that he gets a lot of unfair stick but he, he does improve Curtis when he plays he, you can see Curtis lifted, he's got more options and, and, and Curtis has definitely been a different player in the last three games and, and for me Lee Brown is, is a big kind of he's an element to that, that happening and Curtis and Houndstrap just haven't quite got that same connection if you know what I mean
0: no, I do, and I think it's... I don't know, but I, uh, I do agree with you with Lee Brown on the case of people giving him a bit too harsh stick. I think everyone listening to the podcast knows I like i like Lee Brown. I think he brings a lot to the team, and not just from a attacking impetus, which I think he does well at. I think he covers back well, but I also think that he adds something to the team in a sort of character leadership role. And But yeah, we're talking about going forward. I think I know Lee Brown made two successful uh, dribbles-beating players yesterday, which were counted, which is actually a team-leading stat, so you know i think i think Lee does, does well getting forward um is there anything else in particular you want to talk about in this game sam
1: um I, I i feel that you know after the game yesterday i you know on social media on social media from half time and stuff and and you see a lot of you know negative comments about the performance you know it's only south end yeah yeah south end were poor but we see it so many times you play against poor sides and it's hard to kind of get any rhythm going like it happens to make loads of teams we played we played some good football against oxford who were a good side you know when you play against poorer sides it is hard sometimes to kind of up your performance and get motivated for it so for us to win 4-1 you know people saying we weren't convincing but we still won 4-1 and we actually played some good football i think like in the second half the ball was rarely lumped forward it was played all on the floor and these are and people need to remember what they're having to go at this team for, you know. Forget Kenny Jacket's the manager. If you've got something against him, you know, we everyone's you know, I, I hate the phrase, but you know, everyone's everyone's getting everyone's entitled to their opinion and stuff, but Oxford, you know, there was some good performance good performances there. And we need to kind of build on these and you know, this team can go places and it and we're we're not that far off the playoffs as well. So, you know, Fleetwood next week will be a tough game, but another one that we can win you know they they only just beat they they lost to the Bolton didn't they so there's plenty more points to pick up in this league and I'm confident this side can do it
0: yeah no I think we'll go into that a little bit on, on the next question and I was just going to pop into the fact that we're talking about Ronan Curtis coming back into the team and while he was out the side we had a massive balance of attack on percentages of which wing we went down we were, we were consistently going down the right-hand side rather than play it down on the left. I think there's was about an eight-nine percent difference in which which side we chose to attack down. Mm. Uh, whilst yeah. now, whilst now, I think we've I think what was it? The right side was thirty-four and the left side was thirty-eight percent. So that just shows the the sort of difference that you
1: know, he, he makes. It, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, on that side. So yeah, it's good to see Ronan Curtis back. You know, looking confident, putting good balls in the box as well. Um, did a couple of good ones from set plays as well. I thought. Yeah. Um, I believe the penalty that was won was um, from, a lip, from a running Curtis free kick, was it not?
1: Yeah, yeah, he whipped it in. Yeah, but the thing with Curtis as well, if we can get him back to any sort of the form that he had at the start of last season, you know, it'll be, it'll be game-changing. He, he was un- unplayable at times then. And there is a player in there. And, and for me as well, I don't really, I do struggle with some of the stick he gets because he, he gives 110% every single game, no matter what. And he, he needed that break from the side. Maybe Jacket hung him out to dry a little bit because he could tell he wasn't in form. But he he did he does give 100% all the time. And have at the moment, we've got two really energetic wingers playing who, who press, who trap back. And that that's good to see at the moment. You know I'm sure Jacket likes that because that's his kind of style of play, having wingers who are also going to do the job defensively as opposed to going forward.
0: Yeah, he's all about those sort of two-way, two-way wingers, isn't he? Having yeah. people attack and defend at the same time. Uh,
1: that that might be why Harness isn't playing.
0: Maybe I think Marcus Harness track back, tracks back okay. To be honest, I don't. Yeah,
1: yeah, he, he, he he's, tracks back hmm. just opposed to you know in in relation to Williams and Curtis, but it's interesting.
0: No, it's a fair point to point that out. I reckon. Um, I was going to say about the um, Ellis Harrison goal. It, it's offside, isn't it?
1: Surely, at least, at least once. At least once, isn't it? Yeah, um, I, I, I had no idea what happened. We we just kind of all look at each other, go, "What was like? What happened there?" It, I don't know how you know if that's VAR, it's it's ruled off. But uh, I'm pleased VAR is in, in in the lower leagues. I'm not a fan of it in the Premier League as it is. So you know, it's one of them we've just got away with. But I'm sure, yeah, it, I, I honestly cannot work out of the lino. Oh,
0: yeah, I don't know how you didn't see it, but I think South End. You know, will feel a little bit aggrieved. You know, when things are going wrong for you, they they all start going wrong for you, don't they? A little bit, and yeah, that's one of the things. But Ellis will take it again. Two goals, and um, the penalty as well, Sam, that he took. Uh, apparently, there was a bit of a scrap about who was going to take the penalty. Um, and Joe Gallen, after the game, admitted that there was no designated penalty taker, and maybe there should be one.
1: Yeah. Do you, th- I, do you think that? I, I I think it's been that's that's an issue that's been made an issue out of no real. it's it's been made an issue when there was no problem there at all in my opinion I mean for me it all looked completely civilised in a sense they all kind of discussed it you know Curtis ran over to get the ball Marquess had the ball and then Marquess gave it to Harrison You know, and there was no arguing about it you know we all knew what happened last year with the Omar Bogle and Curtis situation which pretty much cost us going up you know those three points against Barnsley so it was kind of it seemed to be all. I don't think there was any sort of argument over it, and people on Twitter, were, you know, social media are saying there was an argument. There didn't look to be any sort of argument. They just got on with it, and it was a well. I, the penalty, it didn't. I couldn't work out if it hit the keeper's foot or it went in the corner, but it, it, you know, it was a confident penalty. And Harrison's got that goal scoring touch at the moment. You know, it's always a good game when both your strikers score, because or you, you know, your attacking players score, because you get them in form. You know, they're the ones who are going to win your games.
0: Yeah, if we if we can get Marquis and Harrison uh, absolutely rifling goals in, then we you know we're in a we're in a good situation. we despite mm. conceding goals at the death for fun at the moment, we're not actually conceding that many goals, are we? Completely over. So if we can actually start scoring goals, you know this team, in my opinion, is made to score goals and outscore the opposition rather than sit back and and hold leads, yeah. which is why I think that you know the Kenny Jacket's isn't really the right person to to manage his team. But at the same time, if we can get those attacking threats going forward, despite the system of, you know, dropping back and putting three away, for instance, then we're going to find ourselves in good stead because, you know, Raggett and and Burgess at the back look like a pretty solid combination. And then you've got Craig McGivory behind them as well.
1: Mm. Um, Yeah. um, I am pleased with kind of how the defensive side of it is coming on. Um, When you get a consistent kind of back, We get a consistent kind of back four kind of playing together, along with the goalkeeper. It it does help and it breeds confidence. You know each other play. I mean, I've all Raggett's a tough one to watch. I I thought when we watched him at Wimbledon, he had a good game and he looked relatively solid. He had one slip. but I don't think that was him. It was more the turf. That player, when you watch him, he he doesn't give you the confidence that a Matt Clark does. Uh, I mean, there's not many players in the league or you know in Championship and League One that are going to give you the kind of confidence a Matt Clark does, but. Ragged Raggett's no nonsense. he'll win headers, but it's just that kind of that. Whenever he has the ball, you're just a bit wary. He hasn't actually made any mistakes really, but he, you're just a bit wary of what what he's going to do with it. And a uh, bit Burgess seemed Burgess performances as well have been have been good. He kind of just been solid. He's eradicated. He had a really tough time a period last year where he was constantly making mistakes and the crowd were getting on him. But he's don't really get that with Burgess anymore. You kind of you're confident in what he's doing. And obviously, we've got Jack Watmore coming back in a few well, seems like we can rush back a little bit quickly because of you know our start to the season, but it'd be Jack Watmore. remember last season our season went downhill when him and Thompson weren't inside anymore, so getting, getting him back fit as well it will give another option because if one of Burgess or Rag, uh, Burgess or Ragger get injured, you know we've got downing, and then there's nothing really else you know defensively we could kind of have in in centre-half. Maybe Naylor if he drops back, but I think he's so much better in midfield. So, yeah, I I am pleased with it, though. Yeah, I am pleased with how we are coming on defensively.
0: Yeah, no, I think we are as well. So let's go to the question. Let's go to the question we asked on Twitter, which I did have in front of me, and now I've got to click on my iPad. Yep. so Pompey have lost one in the last eight games after the 4-1 win against Southend. Is this the turning point for the team? As we know, football's all about momentum and confidence. Can we really challenge the teams at the top? Sam, do you feel that we've got a chance of making a run at the top six?
1: A hundred percent. Yeah, um, I genuinely think I, I wouldn't, I'll go as far to say the top, the top two as well, Hugh, because we're not that far behind. We haven't been playing well and we're still not that far behind. We've, we've been kind of just stumbling through the season, if you like, and we're still, you know, a win or two off the playoffs you know, a couple of wins off third or four of second, sorry. So it's really, it's really not that, we're not that far behind. And I feel that this team still got a click. And when it does click, that could be when we actually fully, you know, get some good results behind us. Because from what I've seen, this, this league isn't as good as it was last year. I don't see a team where I'm like, you know, even Ipswich, you know, they lost a couple of games recently. I don't see a side that's going to kind of run away with it. And, you know, Against like on Saturday against Oxford, you know Oxford are a good side, and, and we actually we played we were the better side, and we deserve to win that game. If we play like that every week, I can't see how we can't you know make our way up the table and challenge the top the top top sides in this league.
0: Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I think we just got to get some form and hope that it, cl- it clicks in the place, maybe, and maybe it'll be a case of Kenny Jackett's try. So you know, throwing off shit at the wall. Hopefully, something sticks. And if it does work from what we're playing now, that'll be. You know, that would be incredible. So let's see what other people put. Um, Stephen Bowles, thanks for messaging in, me, mate. He put maybe and yes. So still seven months of season left. Loads of points to pick up. Can easily climb into the playoffs with a decent run of results. Uh, Taylor Wilson says, nope, doesn't think we will be able to. Stephen Johnson, it's a tight league. Um, we're too hard on ourselves. Look at Cholton, Luton and Oxford last year. I back our team play at Pompey. That's a fair point, isn't it?
1: Yeah, um, that's a really good point. Yeah,
0: Charlton, looted and Oxford obviously did rise up the league. Oxford, yeah, Oxford well, didn't make it, but there is a still enough time, isn't there, Sam, to maybe oh, get back into the playoffs if we can play and get some consistent form going.
1: 100%. And another example is a few seasons ago, Barnsley, they have obviously a yo-yo side, Barnsley. But a few seasons ago, Barnsley were actually bottom at Christmas and they got promoted. They They won the playoffs. So, you know, you have to kind of just, I mean, people need to, for me anyway, if people have actually watched our last three games and see, I might be watching a completely different thing, Hugh, so, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but the last three games, we've actually, there's been improvements and for me, there's definitely been signs that this, this team is starting to click and we're a handful of points behind the playoffs and, you know, not that much further behind the second place. So, there's absolutely no reason why this side can't, can't move up the league. It's just, as, as I said before, there's a lot of negativity around the manager and who they're well in charge. But it, he's not going anywhere. We have to accept that. We let's we has, let's back the performances that we see and what we actually watch on the pitch. You know, we're watch, For me, we're watching good stuff. We're watching some good stuff recently, anyway. So, you know, let's back this team and hopefully they'll they'll start to rise up the league because there is no one in this league that's going to kind of run away with it. Even Ipswich, you know, They they lost a few sh- silly games against. Uh, who was it, they lost at home to Rotherham and I didn't expect that and there's always a side, we always see it, a side that kind of rises from a little bit of limbo start of the season, they rise, get in the playoffs and and end up end up potentially getting promoted.
0: Yeah, if you look at it's recent results, they, they lost in a really weird, bizarre game away at Akron and Stanley 2-0 and both of them had players sent off in that game mm. um, as, as well as the Rotherham game then, which you spoke about 2-0 at home um, they beat um, South End 3-1, but, you know, we just beat them 4-1. And then they got a 1-0 a victory away at Rochdale the other day, which yeah, is all right, but they're not a great team either, are they? So it, I don't think, I mean, you know you could say it's about us last season, really, but they're not putting in, they're not hammering teams, are they? They're not really being clinical. No. Um, and, and they are starting to slip up a bit, so... You never know, and when you look at the um, the playoffs, so you have got Coventry now in, in, at twenty
1: six points. Twenty six, yeah,
0: yeah, and um, so five with five points behind with the game in hand. You know, that's that's not an unachievable amount, is it? I think people are just have just been so worn down from the well the mistakes that Kenny Jackett's made. Let's be let's be honest, you know, with team selection, with tactical ideas, with. You know, poor, poor, poor substitutions. But you got to say, in the last game, actually, the substitutions sort of worked, didn't they?
1: Yeah, and the 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 issue, yeah, the, yesterday the substitutions he got spot on. You know, it is hard because you know Southend were a poor side, but you know he we, we, we bought you bought know, you you know freshened it up going forward, and that that's what brought us our third, for uh, our fourth goal with Harness. So. You know, he got it right yesterday and I actually don't think he got it particularly wrong on Saturday, bringing Bolton on. You know, McCroy was on a yellow card, Play, it, you know, he wanted to bring someone more defensive on that side because they were breaking down there often. I don't think he got that particularly wrong on Saturday. I think that the reason that Oxford scored on Saturday was, you know, was the players, poor game management. They've got, they've got, that's on the players, you know, stop Oxford attack early and then they don't score that goal. You know, take a foul, for, take a professional foul. But yeah, you are right. There's been some strange, strange decisions. We've all seen them. But you know, when performances are actually improving, you can see that he's actually getting kind of a tune out of them a little bit. Um, we've got we've got to back that a little bit more. And yeah, you're right. Looking at this this table, we've 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 five points off the playoffs, and we've got a game in hand as well. You know, if we win our win win our um our game in hand, we're like a point off Sunderland. You know, so it, it's uh, there's plenty of plenty of time left in this season. One thing I will say though is we've got to play all the top sides. We haven't played, you know. Well, we have played, we played, uh, we played Wickham. We sort of played Ipswich. Still got to play Peterborough. Still got to play Fleetwood. So it's going to be some tough games. But I think this side performed better against better opposition because you know Oxford came at us. We can, <laughs> there was space in behind to go and exploit them. You know when you get teams like Gillingham who come here and just sit 11 men behind the ball and don't have any intention of scoring, it can be hard. But we still got to play all these good sides and. You know, this could be. It's. I don't know. It's. It's an important time in our season now. We've got to push on from this because we've won games recently and we haven't pushed on. We've drawn another one. We've. We. The late goals have been costing us. But you know, we've got to win. We've got to win now. We've got to get a kind of a run of three or four, and you know, and get get up the league a little bit more.
0: Yeah. No. No. We definitely do, mate. And I think I generally think at the moment that uh, when we see us play against these top teams, you'll see what the squad's made of, won't you? And I know that's an obvious thing to say, but yeah, we, if, if they can step it up a gear and if they can battle it out with the top sides and start winning, that will actually show that maybe this team's got a, a, you know, a chance of, of, cracking into, into the playoffs and maybe promotion isn't completely dead. Um Okay. Let's go, let's go and have a look at what some other people had to say. Um Dave Lauren, cheers for messaging in mate. Uh, There's a couple of tweets he put. First two months were a shamble. Burgess at right back, Naylor at centre back, etc. We basically spent the last six weeks playing roughly the right team, but with shattered confidence and half the fans calling for the manager's head. Performances and results are gradually improving, but a lot of damage to the fans won't be readily repaired. Nevertheless, player for player, this is easily a top six squad and they're very slowly starting to put it together still think we'll be in the playoffs come May. What do you think? Do you agree with Dave?
1: Um, I agree with the gradual kind of progress because oh, I'm glad I'm not the only one seeing it because um, I'm definitely seeing some more football being played and uh, definitely some improving, improving in the performances is definitely what he's saying. Um, maybe, he meant what, did he mention a bit about the, uh, you know, fans, heart, like the uh, issue is going to be hard to kind of, forgive or so it was there was a bit of the tweet yeah saying,
0: he, he said we basically spent the last six weeks playing roughly the right team but we shattered confidence and half of the fans calling for the manager's head performances and results are gradually improving but a lot of damage with the fans won't be readily repaired
1: a damage I, I can't i can't really agree with that i don't you know i don't think there's been that much damage done you know there, there was some odd decisions but I, you know i don't think it's it, i don't really know where i stand with the manager and i probably should work that out but it, it, it's hard it's hard to kind of at the moment, you know, I think we've got to, the fans definitely have got to start backing the side's performances a little bit more. I thought last night the first ten minutes, the fan the fans didn't back the side at all. You know, and the fact we weren't one up in the first ten minutes, they already were starting to turn. And in my opinion, we've got you know, you've got to give the sides a chance, you know. Give them a chance. You know, they can't come out all guns blazing, be freeing them up in ten minutes. And it will be great. It's not going to work like that, you know. Confidence and like performances are hard earned. You've got to earn them. You can't just turn up and expect people to, you know. Jacket does mention it. Like this side is gelling. It's going to get better. You know, if fans are going to turn up and expect us to just be playing like Barcelona, like you know, after playing fairly averagely for the start of the season, it's not going to happen. It's going to be a gradual process, and it's got, and and I think people's got to start realizing a little bit. It's going to be you know, it's going to take time for this side to really click, you know, but you are, he's right about the tactical decisions. There have been some strange ones, but as a whole, we're seeing the side that he's bought, like built and bringing together. I can see improvements and yeah. I, I, so, so yeah, I somewhat agree with what he's saying, but the, the damaging with the fans, I think we've got to put that, put that to the side for me.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think it's one of those things, mate, that I think, I think that with some fans at the moment, their their minds made up, isn't it? Their minds made up. Mm. Um, you know, they want the manager gone. Um, and until that happens, I don't think that they're gonna be happy. Um there will be but a that, percentage the f- but... Yeah, there will be a percentage of them that will come around. Football is fickle, that's how it goes. Oh, hundred um, percent. Um for me myself, not a fan of the manager at the moment. Um, but at the same time, um, for me, it's all about analysing what we've got, where we're going, and whether, with the team we've got at the moment, we've still got a chance of of making the playoffs or not. Mm. Um, so you you don't necessarily have to be. Don't expect anyone to be out there seeing Kenny Jackets, blue and white army. You know, uh, if it, but they can still get behind the get behind the uh, get behind the team basically, and uh, yeah, just be a bit patient yeah. with it. I suppose.
1: Yeah, I feel I, I think you've you've hit the nail on the head there with like. You know, I'm, I'm I'm fairly similar to you. I'm not a fan of Kenny Jacket, when, especially when, you know, football's developing with all these kind of like modern day managers and it's, it's hard to see. And, and you, you've got teams like Luton last year and Barnsley that stormed the league. And I I find it hard when, you know, we're playing the kind of football we are sometimes. But I've, got to, I've kind of got to put it to the side now. The owners have come out and said he's not going anywhere. You know, singing Kenny Jacket, we want him out and stuff like that. It's not going to do anything now. It's just going to affect the side... It's just going to negatively affect how we play and I don't think it's 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 positive and it's going to help the team anymore i I do get it like i I get some of the football being played and decisions are, are not great but it's not going to change this season we've got to just accept that and for me we've got to kind of look at the positives that we are you know we're're we're playing some decent stuff for the last few games and you're right look at what the side is you know the side we've got together and how this side can what the, the the most make the most out of what we've got at the moment and we've got a quality side
0: it's a bit a bit like when your mate gets a girlfriend and you realize it's serious right but she's a complete idiot or boyfriend yeah. obviously the other way around yeah but you know you can't come out big against them because you know they're going out of your mate or whatever or mm. worse married to them or whatever like that so you sort of have to get on with life, you know, or, or you have got to cut your mate out, haven't you? Yeah. Um, and just sort of accept that they're sort of part of part of the package. And I think at the moment it's one of those situations where you know I don't want Kenny Jacket here. I want, I'd rather have Stendhal or Clough or someone who's playing a bit of interesting football. But at the moment, with the owners coming out and you know giving him a pretty firm a firm backing, shall we say, um, for the time being, anyway. Um, until that changes a bit, like until your mate realises his girlfriend or boyfriend is a complete tool, you know you're stuck with him So yeah. there's no point. There's no point fighting it as such. I know that's a bit of a weird analogy, but that's just sort of what came into yeah. my head.
1: Yeah, no, it <laughs> makes sense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, one of the questions sent in from Lee Morby Bagley was: Do you think that Kenny Jackett has been reading social media? He went four four two, sort of, um, and done the sub at the right time. Or maybe he's finally read the Football Tactics 2019 volume. Will he stick with a 4-4-2? I'll say ish. Or revert first chance he gets? What happens to Andy Cannon? Well, there's a few questions in there, isn't there, really? Um, The first one is, do you think Kenny Jackett's been reading social media?
1: Um, No, no. I highly doubt he has, (laughs) in my opinion. No, I I, I don't think, in relation to the 4-4-2... I've actually got it written down here because I went on the football hour the other day, and I wrote some stuff down about you know because Jake was talking about the four four two, and I've written it here. It's one of the 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 most fickle football opinions that does my head in. I'm not saying it is. It's my opinion um, about the four four two and how people say, oh four four two, it just means more. You know, we're going to get more goals. If in, in, I used to play a decent level, in my opinion, it doesn't. Um, you know we yes last night wasn't a 442 we were playing a 44231 with was dropping back in i think that was clear for everyone to see mm-hmm. um but with uh, if the 442 i've written down here i don't see any reason to change you know for the majority of time for the last four seasons even under cook we we played 4231 um it's a formation the players know we you know it's kind of become affiliated with how we play um and the reason i say the 442 A bit of a like a kind of fickle opinion is that it's just you know lob another striker on. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be goals. You know, if anything, it gives you less of a foothold in the game because you've got less players in the middle of the in in the midfield. You've got no kind of creative spark. You're going to be more direct. You know, the times I've seen us play four four two this year, trying off the top of my head, we played Wickham away. We played four four two. We were so direct. It was just it was ridiculous. We were just lumping balls up there. And it didn't work at all. You know, the four-two-three-one last night, we actually were playing the ball on the floor. Mark was just dropping in, playing in that kind of hole in, in the number 10 yeah. role. And you, there's more football being played. It's being played out wide more. I guess the one argument that I can see about four-four-two is it's more bodies in the box. But, you know, if you're going to get more bodies in the box, but you're not going to be able to get the, you know, that build-up play, that good attacking on the deck build-up play, I don't, I don't think it's going to be as effective because you're not going to get as many balls in the box. So it's kind of those chances are going to be coming around less, as opposed to if you play the four two three one, where you're going to be, you're going to have the ball, you're going to dominate in the midfield, you can create chances, and if you've got a fit number ten who can become player midfield and and up front, it kind of gives you the best of both worlds. But yeah, it's it's one of those opinions that really really does my head in a little bit about the four four two because I just see it all over all over the place, and you know. When people go, I'll oh, just chuck another striker and put Pittman on 4-4-2, It doesn't actually end up in goals. It, it, for me, the be- our best formations are four two three one. It provides enough chances as it is.
0: No, I'm a, I'm a, I'm of the same opinion. I've spoke this about. I know James Robbins wanted to put a four four two in before, and you know, he's been an advocate of it. For me, for me, I'm not a fan of four four two. Greg, uh, who was on the podcast last week with Ricardo Rocha, me and um, Andy said that you know to me that it only really works in FIFA. Um, I don't think it works in FIFA either. But the point is, really, is that for me, I think we look better in. I like four three three, with a sort of a reverse triangle.
1: Yeah, well, the four three three similar. To be fair, most all formations are very similar. But you know, the four three three is similar to the four two three one in that in that sense. You've kind of got that. You know that it, it, it's a similar formation where you're dominating the midfield. So, g- yeah. I agreed. Yeah, I, I, we played four three three a couple of times last year. I went Barnsley off the top of my head at home. We were brilliant with four three three, you know so it just it annoys me and I'm sorry if I'm ranting about it but it's just the four the amount of times I see four four two go 4-4 four, four, it just does my head in and no. it, it's constant <laughs>
0: yeah we look, we look I think we look really flat when we end up paying four four two personally and yeah it
1: just goes it just goes too direct I don't know if it's if it's just me it sees it we just start lumping balls up because we're like oh we've got two people up there but it just doesn't work for me maybe we haven't been playing the right we i mean i might be wrong we might be playing the wrong personnel up there or we haven't done the right combinations up there but maybe at the end of a game if you're trailing you're trying to just get bodies in the box yeah but not from the outset unless you're going to play like you know a diamond in the midfield and play possession football but it, it, for me it just doesn't it's not i'm not a fan of of the formation at all
0: no and not and not when some of your best players you have in the team are wide players effectively so you know, Ronan Curtis um, on his game, you know, Marcus Harness. You think that when you've got these players out wide and stuff, you want to play them. You don't want to play them in a narrow diamond, are you?
1: No. Yeah, you exactly. You don't want to waste them. And, you know, you you can play the flat 4 4 two, but it but just, it, it just ends up, you know, you don't play through the thirds. You don't you don't get the ball. You don't play out from defence. You don't go into midfield. Then you don't link it up with the number 10. You just it kind of go straight from defence to, you know, lump it up to your forwards. And that's what I've seen every time we played four four two. I just think we've looked even more direct than we already are. And, and, and last night against and against Oxford, we weren't we weren't lumping it. We've been directed our passing. We are playing on the balls on the floor, through the number ten, through Evans, through Marquis. and it and it's been good football the last few games.
0: Yeah, i, I would also say as well some of the people who. Uh, want us to play four four two are the same people who are fed up of watching the jacket hoofball as such and as yeah. you have really pointed out they sort of come hand in hand a little bit don't they
1: exactly exactly you need to, they need to kind of I I feel like I'm having a go here a little bit but <laughs> work out what you're saying if you if you're saying one thing about the formation think about how that formation is actually going to play out you know get another striker on we will be more like more direct it's just how it's just how it's naturally going to turn out and that's from what I've seen us play like when we play four four two so. You know, I, I, it's a kind of an opinion I've held for a while. And I, I do. I've, I've tried to back it up as much as I can. Anyway, from stuff I've written down, but yeah. So that's my no, opinion. On, that's my opinion on the four four two.
0: I think you're right, mate. Um, I, th- I think you're completely right, and I think that you know four four two doesn't work for us. And I, just, I don't think it, it's an outdated formation, in my opinion. It's an yeah, outdated formation.
1: It's, it's outdated when you play it as like kind of four four two wingers crossing strikers. Like, it, it doesn't. It doesn't work like that anymore. It's just, you know, for we look at Luton and Barnsley last year. You know, they played four four two, but they play a diamond in the middle. They they don't use wingers. They're, they're, their wingers are their fullbacks. You know, their fullbacks are their wingers for them. So it's such an attacking formation for them. But they, that's how they play for the thirds because then they can get the ball out wide, and it means they dominate even more in the midfield. You know, there's four players, four centre mids playing almost. You know, yeah. all central players. And then their wing their their full backs are what give them give them the kind of the 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 whip to whip the balls in. And then they've got plenty of players in the box as it is. But you know, the flat four four two, you know, the old days when you've got like um who's the winger for Spurs who used to cross it in. can you know, you got the you know, four four two you've got your good wingers right, right, right and yeah, left, yeah Beckham are to whip and, the ball. Yeah. right mid or whatever it was. Yeah, you got your your hodl who's gonna whip it in. It's just like, you know, it. it it's not of that kind of... It's just, it's not like that anymore, um, in my opinion. I think the game's developed a lot more.
0: No, I, I agree, mate. I agree. Um, let's have a look at what Greg said. Greg, message in, cheers again, mate. Um, he said three points is three points. Regardless of the team we're playing... Three wins, uh, sorry, these wins against Southend and Bolton have gained six points. We did well against a, a flying Oxford side until the last minute. If we can get the attacking right and get the goals in, we can climb up the table. Um, we won't be playing in the league until the 16th. We have a game against Fleetwood, one of the teams occupying the playoff spots where a win would cut the deficit to them for five points, which is two points. Um, They just lost to Bolton. We've got a couple more days rest. We should just enjoy the win for now. Get the cup out of the way. Uh, It's been thrown... And as has been thrown around so much since yesterday, we can only beat what is in front of us. So I think Greg's really just trying to touch on enjoy the the wins that we've got at the moment. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, move on to the next one, really.
1: Yeah, I've just got all his tweets up so I can actually read them. Yeah, I kind of get the the three points is three points aspect. I mean... You can, you can only be what's in front of you. I, I feel it's hard. You know, professionals, it's hard when you're playing in front of a flat crowd against an opposition who's not offering anything. It is hard to kind of motivate yourself to get that win. And, and I feel the players deserve credit for that. They, there was literally zero atmosphere yesterday. And that's on the fans, in my opinion. There was no atmosphere. They needed to back the team a little bit more, get behind them. Yeah, and, and It's a 4-1 victory. It's our biggest victory of the season. It's our biggest victory for a long time. So yeah, I, I can agree with him on that. You can But then, what else has Greg said here? Let's have a look. So we did well, yeah, against Oxford. You know, and this kind of backs up my point. What I'm just saying now: against Oxford, who are a good side, we raised our level. We played better. So I, if that's what that's, that's what I'm kind of trying to say. You know, you can, the opposition does dictate how your performance levels are. You know, if we're playing against a Sunderland or something in a you know a good atmosphere. It's going to be a you know the performance will rise the, the crowd naturally lift players so it last night was always going to be a bit of a banana skin it was always going to be flat and we did really well to kind of just you know dispatch them because we did that at the end we were clinical and four ones i can't remember the last time we won four one i don't know about you
0: no, I can't actually. That, that has to be a historic look-up thing for me. Uh, Bradford was that four or five one? That was five one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bradford or maybe Rochdale. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I That's
0: the only two that really spring to mind for me as well, mate. To be honest, mm. uh, should we get into the Harrogate game? Let's let's uh, do a bit of a preview for Harrogate. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, like Sam, I was going to let you lead this now since you're the uh, Na- National League. Uh, National League.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how long I've had. I don't know how long I've had this title for.
0: <laughs> uh, since since I pressed the record button, right? But... <laughs> no, don't worry, mate. It's all right. We'll go into it. Um, I'll kick us off with it once I've got my the shit. I basically slightly re- uh, prepared for the for this. So, um, if you just look at their form at the moment, I think they're. I was did have the table in front of me, but I think they're seventh um, off the top of my head. But they've got in the last six games, they've won four, drawn one, and lost one. Um, the loss they had was to. Uh, the miniature scummers down the road with Eastleigh that they lost away 2-4-2. Um, <laughs> apart from that, they've got a red card before in the game before beating Barnett 2-1, which is a good result in, in the National League. And um, they beat Aldershot 1-0. They won away at Halifax 2-1 in the last round. Um, and they also beat Yeovil away 2-1. So they haven't played, they've played some quite difficult teams in National League standard, haven't they? Um, and it's not an easy, easy run to get to this round of the FA Cup for a National League side. So, I mean, let's be honest. Let's put this straight. Yeah, they're a national league side. Yeah, yeah. We should be going up there and winning quite comfortably. Do you think that this should be an easy one, Sam, or do you think this is a potential banana skin for Pompey?
1: Uh, it, it's it's a banana skin. You know, I don't. I don't really. I don't know if a cut run will be good for this. Year, good for us this year. I don't know if we need it. Um, but it is such a banana skin for us. There's, there's, you know, we haven't. Quite hit hit top form yet, and and they're a decent. They're doing well in the national league, and and you know the national league to league two isn't a, a massive jump. You know, so they're not a bad side. So, and it's on a 3G pitch. I've just had a look on their um, Twitter. Yeah, it so, is.
0: Yeah,
1: you know that's going to be another a bit of a leveler, if you like, because it's it's a completely different different type of game plan on a 3G pitch. I I used to play on a lot of them, so the ball just kind of zips off the surface differently. But another thing is, I'm not sure about you, but I think there will be changes to the side. I don't think Kenny's going to risk any injuries, especially on a 3G pitch, because, you know, it's been notorious for kind of injuries knee injuries. So, because of just the nature of them. I mean, you know, Monday night, just just before the the next round draw, it's it's going to be it's, it is a banana skin. It's definite banana skin, and it's on TV. And it's on TV. That's why they've chosen it because they know that it's a potential banana skin. I mean, I don't really know. It's a tough one. It is a tough one.
0: So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate as our national league correspondent, you sent over some um, some interesting things on players to watch for me, mate. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I see Brendan. Um, Brendan Kierman is their top scorer with six goals from from midfield.
1: Um, yeah, he's lethal, lethal player.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. And uh, also on, on ones to watch, you've got a um, thirty year old experienced striker, Jack Molden, who, um, yeah, he he looks sharp, should we say? So yeah. um, I'm I'm expecting him if he plays to be a little bit of a danger at the back. So obviously, Sean Raggett's going to have to be watching him pretty carefully. Um, unfortunately there's no assist data in the National League that I've got to hand (laughs) Um, and that's pretty much about it for what I know about them Um, yeah so it's a difficult game isn't it and it's we know it's not going to be easy their ground doesn't hold very many very very many either does it Um, I did have the attendance up but I've forgotten what it is now
1: Um, (laughs) not a lot (laughs) a
0: couple of thousand isn't it
1: I think it yeah something around that I mean Pogby fans would be mad to go up there (laughs) on a Monday night, God.
0: 4,000 capacity, 500 seated. Cool. (laughs) So, yeah, um, we've got the game against Posh York, as I'm going to call them.
1: Posh York, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much what they are, isn't it? Um, Sam, I think I haven't got much more to say, mate, on on Harrogate. Um, Where can people find you?
1: Uh, yeah, so just on Twitter, uh, well, on the Pompey News Now Twitter, you can find me on there. I've written some stuff on there. I do take time with what I write. I don't, you know, a lot of people have got these opinions. They just kind of blurt them out on Twitter straight away. I try and think them out. I try and write about them. Um, also try and find me on um, on over on Express FM a few times. I've been on the radio there quite a few times in recent weeks anyway with Jake um, if anyone gets a chance to go and listen to Monday's episode on there that was probably one of the best ones we've done I really enjoyed it so yeah if you get a chance go listen to that yeah and that's about it really thanks for having me on again Hugh.
0: No mate it's, it's always a pleasure having you on Sam it's nice to have a, a nice sort of like constructive interesting conversation about it and you're a perfect person to have on here mate as we you know get some positivity going after a win because I don't know about you but I was I'm sick to death of losing constantly and it's brought a bit of life into me, mate.
1: Yeah, I, I, I had a bit of a, a breakdown after that Wimbledon game with you, Hugh. We were kind of a bit, you know, with James as well. We were stood there. We didn't, it, it was awful. It, it, I don't I have any words for it. Um, but for me, I, I've just seen, I, I've seen improvements and I can't just kind of sit here and go doom and gloom about my club. I can't knock back my club. I've got to kind of stick with them. I've got to look for positives and that's what I'm trying to do and I'm not trying to just do it for the sake of doing it. I am trying to kind of find some little arguments for why I've why I'm saying it maybe isn't as bad as everyone thinks. And I actually wrote an article about that. Um, you'll be it'll be on the Pompey news now somewhere, but that was a while ago. Um but I, I I'm just trying to look for positives and and I'm, I, I I've seen I've seen enough that I'm I'm kind of confident that we can turn it around.
0: Yep. And in the coast league Sam, I think we've got every chance of turning it around. Sam, it's been a pleasure as always mate. Um, and until next time Pompey fans I up Pompey You have been listening to the po forecast for Pompey News Now available on Soundcloud Spotify and Apple Podcasts follow PO4cast and Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information
1: and there
0: is the full time whistle